through this series about the milestones in our faith. We've heard about doubt and grief. We've heard about learning to trust the call. We've learned about being an instrument of God's peace and much, much more. And this morning, we get to hear from our very own Josephat Contreras, who will be telling us about the milestones of your faith being strengthened through hard times and knowing that God is with you. And then next week, we'll be hearing from Matt Weber, and then we'll be back to our regular worship up in the sanctuary on September 8th. For now, I invite you to give a warm welcome to Josephat Contreras. Good morning. I want to start off by letting you know that the content of my milestones are not the easiest subjects to talk about. And that's a good thing. Uh, let me explain. Through these difficult events that have happened in my life, I've come to learn that these events have made me more aware of my faith, uh, more awake of my existence on this earth through God. And when I say awake, I don't necessarily mean woke in the way my generation tends to use the term, which is, if you don't know, the term woke roughly means keeping an eye out for every injustice uh, you see in the world and immediately trying to fix the problem. Now, I do like to do that, but <laughs> these, experience, these experiences have made me stay awake, awake, uh, present in a world you can easily sleep through if you wanted to. I always enjoy using the example that God is watching my TV show. He sits on his cloud couch streaming my daily episode of, uh, off of Heaven Flicks. And not only that, uh, God lets me know he's watching this show. I want to first mention this part because for you to know why I believe in God and why I've decided to give the homily today, I want you to envision him the way I do so that I can feel safe talking to you about why I believe in God. One of the first experiences in my life that I felt God truly present and watching my show was around the age of 12. Um, you'll notice that sometimes I refer to God as he. Uh, I've come to realize that this isn't necessarily because I believe God is a man, which to some he may be, and that's okay. It's because as long as I can remember, I thought that God was my guardian angel. And I still to this day believe my guardian angel is my abuelito, my grandpa. On my mother's side, uh, his name was uh, Petronilo Merino. I know, I know, uh, who am I to think that God decided to be my personal guardian angel? Like, who do I think I am, right? <laughs> well, it's what 12-year-old Joseph had thought. At age 12, my abuelita was diagnosed with uh, stage 4 cancer. I was a child, so I understand why my parents didn't tell us of his diagnosis at the time. But my grandpa was terminal, so all our family decided to move him into our home, which I assume was because my family wanted him to spend his final days with us at home. In fact, it was the bedroom that my brothers and I slept in that my abuelito uh, was placed in. For clearly a good reason, my brothers and I moved out of the room to make space for our abuelito. We didn't mind him moving into our room because at that age, we thought that this meant grandpa was feeling better and was going to stay with us. 
One day, my family was outside in the backyard hanging out. And I walked into the house, and I remember walking into the room where my abuelita was. Uh, my grandma Imelda began to change him and feed him. I could see her getting exhausted, so I stepped in, and I tried to help as much as I could. Um, I still remember my abuelito saying the thing that changed my life forever that made me feel God present that day. He said, mijo, gracias por ayudar. Yo sé cuando tú crezcas, vas a ser una persona increíble which translate to, son, thank you for helping. I know that when you grow up, you are going to be an incredible person. He died the following morning in his sleep. As heavy as it was having my abuelito die the following morning after saying something that intense to a 12-year-old bug-eyed, naive Josephat, um, his, his death made me realize that all my worries at the time, problems and issues, didn't matter that I was going to be okay because my grandpa told me I was going to be an incredible person. Throughout my life, whenever depression kicked in or something horrible happened, I would pray to him, my, my abuelito, um, and every time I felt like he was listening to me, like I had a direct line with my abuelito, my God, and I could see him listening to me when I, when I prayed to him. I felt my grandpa watch over me growing up too. Now, my parents divorced three or four years after my grandpa died, and it was pretty horrible. <laughs> my, my father was caught having an affair, which led him to leaving our home and led him never helping my mother pay for anything in those years after the divorce, and leaving my mother, who had always been a stay-at-home mom with three boys to fend for herself. My mother had never had a real job in her life. She hadn't even finished high school when she got married to my father. I haven't seen my father in about seven years now, and probably haven't spoken to him even longer than that, but I've been able to process all of this because for as long as I can remember, my mom had always been my mother and my father to me, so I never really missed my father once he left our home. Um, so I say that to you to explain why this next moment in my life is so important because I remember God really watching over us when I was around the age of 15. I walked into the living room to find my mom crying. When I asked her why she was crying, she told me my younger brother had told her he was hungry and she didn't have any money to buy us food that day. My mom had just found a job, so we were skipping some meals in that first year after the divorce. Um, my mom, covering her face, told me this story and I imagine she must have felt awful because she couldn't provide for her son. Something told me in that moment to let my mom know that we would figure it out eventually, somehow, some way, we were going to be fine. Did I know this for a fact that we would be fine? No, I didn't. I'd never, I'd never dealt with something that heavy, having to console my mother for something I couldn't control. But I felt my abuelito, my abuelito tell me we would be okay. This event really marked a turning point in my life when I started to realize how strong of a woman my mother is. My mother, who played the role of both parents amazingly well in my life, went on to get her GED. She's been promoted in just about every job she's ever had because of how hardworking she is. Currently, she's uh, finishing her Associates of Arts in American Sign Language, as she hopes to transfer to a four-year university in the next year or so. I know that I'm truly lucky to have a mother like mine because all she has done for us, for all that she's done for us, and all that she continues to do. This story keeps me extremely humble 
because I carry with me every day a memory of where I come from because of my mother's struggles and successes. I just realized I skipped the whole section. <laughs> Isn't that great? All right. Oh, no, I didn't. Oh, I didn't skip the whole section. Okay. All right. I'm just crazy. Sorry. Um, just like my abuelito, my God spoke through me that day to tell her we would be fine and that this was just another bump on the road. We have overcome so much because we just had faith that we would get through these, those hard times. By that, I mean these hard times made me realize why I'm built to try to be a good person every day. And I'm reminded of where I come from and how I got here. I got it from my mom with the help of, my, of her dad, my abuelito. And I definitely felt my abuelito, my guardian angel, my, my God, one night leaving work when I was 19 years old. Um, my mother had just bought a new car. Now, growing up, new car meant the car was probably made the year I was born, and it was new to us. Um, what my mother didn't know was that the car was registered to a man who was running from the police for a serious crime. Um, my mother didn't know all of this, so at the time I wanted to blame her because I was 19 and angry, and, but I, now I know I shouldn't blame her. This detail is especially important because I became very aware of what, of what I looked like to the rest of the world this specific day. I began driving to work that afternoon and was pulled over by two cops. One was African-American and one was Latino. Um, they walked up to the car, one on each side, and knocked on the window politely. They simply asked, what is your name? I told them. And they said, did you just buy this car? My mom did, I answered. Well, get your mom to change the license plates. Have a nice day. I didn't think much of it, <laughs> seriously. So I just went about my day. Now, I want you to know that when I left work at around 11 p.m., I was aware that I worked in a bad part of town in Houston, Texas. So when I saw flashing lights go off behind me, I thought the cop was just going to go around me because there were always flashing lights at that time of night. It happened so fast. I pulled into this huge parking lot at 11 p.m. with four cop cars surrounding my car. I hear over the, over the intercom yelling towards me. Open the door. Step out. Face forward. Hands above your head. Take four steps back. Get on your knees, put your hands on your back. I looked over my shoulder, wondering what was going on, when I realized the cop on the intercom was pointing a gun at me. I was handcuffed by these two white cops. They picked me up, I was thrown into the back of the cop car. The cop says to me, where is your license? I tell him, in my wallet, in my car. Then one cop says to the other, it's not him. And the cop annoyingly says to me, you can go home. I cried the entire 20 minutes it took to, to go home that night. I'd like to think my God was there that night. I felt, my grandpa, I felt like my grandpa was there that night watching over me because something horrible could have happened. And that this was an experience in my life that made me realize I was just beginning to live and that I had a mission on this earth to prove I wasn't just some bad guy with a brown face because that was the first time I truly felt like I was treated like dirt because of what I looked like. Ever since then, I fear every cop car behind me, even if I haven't done anything wrong. You can ask my wife. 
I'm always aware of cop cars around me. I'm not going to lie, it's, it's a weird feeling. But I think this feeling is something I carry not as a negative thing holding me down, weighing on me, and hurting me everywhere I go, but rather a way that God reminds me every day. I'm a Mexican-American, I'm not a bad person, and that I should be proud of both parts of my ethnicity. Now, my next hard time in my life is not as impactful as the other stories, but I think it's the most important one. For multiple years of my, of my college life, I felt so lost, not knowing where my life would take me or what my life would become or what I wanted to become. I would think about the fact that I didn't feel loved, felt so alone, I felt so lost for multiple reasons. But I think the most important reason was I never felt like myself around anyone in those first few years, in those first few years of college. I tried to fit my personality based on who I was around. Whether it was, whether it was someone I was dating or a friend, I didn't know who I wanted to be because I, I felt like I didn't know where I wanted to go. I would pray to God to help me find my direction, help me feel awake, help me figure out, a, uh, out who I was and stay present in my everyday happenings. Um, then I met Amanda. Uh, I realize now that when we began to date, we figured out that we needed to truly start from square one, not only build a strong foundation with each other, but to build but to build ourselves and decide who we wanted to be on our own. Amanda's my daily reminder that, from God that staying awake and present in my life is the only way to live. She's my partner and my best friend, and I feel God created this amazing human being to show me how great this world can be when you surround yourselves with humans that make you feel alive. That daily reminder of how great it feels to take a breath and to feel loved. Amanda is a genuine person like none I've ever met. I know I'm biased, but because of her true honesty as a person, she has helped me grow in this world to discover what I, wanted to, what I want to do with my life, who I am, and find my place in this world. Watching the woman she's become from the age of 19 when we began to date to now, God has shown me that the, pers that the people you surround yourselves with can and will make you a better person. That this major event of meeting her has helped me shaped into the person I've always imagined I wanted to be. So I use these stories to remind me of who I am. I use my hard times to guide me through life because my abuelita, my grandpa, has shown me that he can take care of me from heaven and now he can take care of me on earth. I believe in God because, of, uh, and that's why I don't say I believe in God despite my hard times. I believe in God because of the hard times. He used these events in my life and many more to show me he will never leave me and no matter what I go through, he'll always be there. Thank you. for some awesome music. Please join us in number 475, God's Eye is on this Pharaoh. 